نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله Verily the praise belongs to Allah, we praise Him, seek His assistance and forgiveness and we seek refuge in Allah from the evil of ourselves and the evil consequences of our deeds. Whoever Allah guides, there is no one that can lead him astray and whoever Allah leads astray, there is no one that can guide him. I bear witness that nothing deserves to be worshipped except Allah alone and that He has no partners or associates. And I bear witness that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is his slave servant and his messenger. This evening, bi-idhnillahi ta'ala, in this lecture number 49, from the sharh or explanation of Kitab al-Tawheed, al-lazhi huwa haqqullah ala al-abid, we would like to discuss the topic which al-imam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahhab rahimahullah has entitled Bab, ما جاء في المصورين The chapter entitled ما جاء في المصورين يعني what has been reported or what has been narrated and what has been said concerning المصورين concerning those who make images the image makers those who engage in التصوير making images whether it is pictures or drawings, or sketches, or photographs, or sculptures, or whatever. Any type of image, it is included in the word taswir. As surah, it includes all of these. And an musawwir, also it includes all of the above. What has been reported concerning the image makers, concerning the tremendous punishment that they have been threatened with by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Before mentioning the evidences which Al-Imam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahhab has mentioned in this chapter, and I think there are five, five hadith, all of them from the authentic reports from the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Before mentioning those hadith, which are only a few, of the many authentic hadith concerning this topic, we would like to begin by first mentioning the introductory words of Shaykh Abdulaziz ibn Abdullah ibn Baz, rahimahullah, in which he says in his comments on Kitab al-Tawheed that the mu'allif or the author of this book, that is Al-Imam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahhab, he intends by this chapter to clarify the fact that at taswir or image making it is one of the major sins. It is min jumlati al-kabair. The taswir in general, it is one of the major sins. One of those sins that affect or cause harm to one's tawheed. It affects a person's tawheed. And it also causes that person to be open or to be subject to the anger of Allah and the fire. To be subject to the ghadab of Allah and the nar, the hellfire. And it also decreases 
that person's iman and weakens it. Yani engaging in this act, it is of those things that affect the person's tawheed and subjects them to the anger or wrath of Allah and the fire and it decreases and weakens one's iman. Then he said, Al-Musawwirun, the image makers, they are those who attempt to imitate Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the act of creation. They attempt to imitate Allah in his act of creation. And that is in the making of images of al-hayawanat, yani of living things. Al-hayawanat, it doesn't just mean animals, but it also includes humans. Yani al-hayawanat, it includes animals as well as humans. And he said, there's no difference in this matter. Yani, the prohibition of making, of attempting to imitate Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the act of creation, in making images of the hayawanat, the living beings, he said there is no difference whether it is done by hand or done by any type of instrument. Any type of instrument. As long as that which he has made the image of, it is min zawi al-arwah. As long as the image that is made is of those creatures that possess, possess a ruh, a spirit, those which possess life. If it is from them, there is no difference. If it is done by hand, or if it is done by the use of any type of instrument, it is the same. <clears throat> then he goes on to say, after some other comments, that the scholars have, have concluded ijma upon the fact that a taswir, or making images of those creatures which, which possess a ruh or life, that it is from the major sins and it is from the muharramat, those things that are haram. It is ijma that it is from those things that are haram in the major sins. If it is, in إِذَا كَانَ لَهُ ذِلْ إِذَا كَانَ لَهُ ذِلْ yani it is, If it is of those things that cast a shadow, meaning three-dimensional objects. If it is of three-dimensional objects, that which casts a shadow, then there's ijma' that it is haram and that it is of the major sins. As for if it is of those things that do not cast a shadow, like the picture that is drawn or painted on a wall, or by using crayons, or that which is on someone's clothing, or other than that, then some of the tabi'een, meaning one of them, <coughs> has allowed it. However, the four imams, and the majority of scholars, Al-A'imma Al-Arba'a Wal-Jamhur, they have agreed upon the fact that it is haram. Yani even those things which do not cast a shadow, they are not three-dimensional. There is ijma' of the four imams and the Jamhur of scholars that it is haram. Just as that which casts a shadow is haram. And this is the correct opinion. Shaykh Abdul Aziz ibn Baz, rahimahullah, says, وَهَذَا هُوَ الثَّوَابِ And it is the correct opinion, but there is no difference between the prohibition of both of them. Because the ahadith are general, including that which casts a shadow, as well as that which casts a shadow, and including the taswir, at taswir al-shamsi wa ghayriha. And it also includes photography, at taswir al-shamsi, and other than that. That is the opinion of Shaykh Abdul Aziz ibn Ibaz, rahimahullah, and that is the correct opinion. Uh, then, after some other statements, yani to summarize what he said, he said, فالواجب, that which is obligatory is that a person should 
be cautioned from this and that he should keep himself, the believer should be far removed from these prohibited things and it is obligatory to remove it and to destroy it and to efface it or erase it. Yani that's the summary of what he said. However, there are many other comments. Yani for the sake of time, we will go on. Uh, also, before mentioning the evidences, just in summary, some of the issues that are related to the issue of Tasweer, and there are many and time-consuming, but in case some of them are not mentioned in any detail, that we should at least keep them in mind. From amongst the issues of importance related to the issue of image-making is the difference between the ruling of making the images and the ruling of possessing them. Yani it is prohibited to make them and as well it is prohibited to possess them. These are two separate issues and the ruling for each of them it is separate. Possessing them is one thing and making them is another thing. Both of them are prohibited. However, possessing them, the punishment for it is less than the punishment for making them. But both of them are haram. The second issue is the issue which I hinted at in the comments of Shaykh Abdul Aziz bin Ibaz, rahimahullah. That is the difference that some of the scholars made between two-dimensional or three-dimensional objects. Yani the image making of that which casts a shadow, which has a body, which has shape or form, three-dimensional form. And that which is on a paper, on a cloth, without having yani, uh, three-dimensional or body or that which casts a shadow. The difference between them, some of the scholars have distinguished between them saying that one is prohi- prohibited and the other is not. However, the correct opinion is that both of them are prohibited. The third issue is that some of the scholars have made a distinction between those images which are degraded, which are dishonored, yani such as that which is in a rug that people walk upon or sit upon or sleep upon and that which is raised up or exalted or yani, honored, that which is hung up like a picture on the wall or something like this. Making a distinction between them, the opinion of the majority of the scholars is that that which is degraded is allowed, allowed to possess, but not allowed to make. Again, there's a distinction. As we said in the beginning, the distinction between the one who makes the picture and the one who possesses it. They said it is allowed to possess it if it is degraded, if it is something that is walked upon, or sat upon, or such. However, some of the scholars even said that one is also prohibited, and there's some evidence for it. There's no time to discuss it in detail. The fourth issue is the difference between drawings and paintings and photographs. Some scholars have prohibited drawings and paintings, yani by ijma, while some of them made a distinction between photographs, saying that the photograph, because it is not done by the hand, it is not the actual work of the human being. Some of them allowed it. However, the correct opinion is that it is also prohibited. As Sheikh Abdul Aziz Ibn Baz says here, and as other scholars have said. The fifth issue is the issue of that which possesses a soul and that which does not possess a soul. Or that which possesses life and that which does not possess life. And the image that is prohibited, as surah al-muharrama, it is that which possesses life. Yani, that Zawat al-arwah, that which has a ruh, or that which has a nafs, as, as is mentioned in some of the hadith, not that which does not possess the soul, such as a tree or a plant, or a picture of a mountain or a stream or something like this. Uh, the sixth issue is the reason for the prohibition of image making. And according to the various narrations of hadith, there are two primary reasons. The first of them, and both of them are mentioned in some of the hadith here. The first of them is 
مضاحات لخلق الله ومشابهتي لخلق الله يعني similarity or resemblance or attempting to imitate Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the act of creation this is the first reason that we found the scholars mentioning that it is prohibited because whoever attempts to imitate Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in his act of creation and that is from the khafais of his rububiyyah those things which are exclusive to him in terms of the tawheed of rububiyyah then for this reason it is prohibited and the second reason is because it is of the wasail that lead to the means that lead to a shirk that it was the people of Nuh the cause of their falling into shirk the first time shirk spread in the earth it was through making images of some righteous man who was amongst them to remember them and to follow their way and it led to them worshipping them so these are the two reasons imitation of Allah in the act of creation and that it is of the means that lead to shirk this is the summary of the main issues dealing with taswir and all of them require some further discussion whoever wants to read them in detail there's a book entitled the legal ruling the islamic legal ruling concerning taswir image making which uh, is available it is published and it is available and it discusses all of these details in extensive length uh, the first evidence of Al-Imam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahhab rahimahullah is the hadith reported by Al-Bukhari and Muslim an Abi Hurairah radiyallahu anhu annahu qala that Abu Hurairah radiyallahu anhu he said qala Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said qala Allah ta'ala that the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said that Allah the most high he said and it is hadith qudsi a saying of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala وَمَنْ أَظَلَمُوا مِمَّنْ ذَهَبَ يَخْلُقُوا كَخَلْقِي yani who is more unjust who is more the wrongdoer who is أَظْلَمُوا who commits a greater zulm than the one who attempts to create ذَهَبَ يَخْلُقُوا كَخَلْقِي the one who attempts to imitate Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the act of creation who attempts to create like Allah's creation like my creation Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who is more unjust or who is more a wrongdoer than the one who attempts to create like the creation of Allah فَلْيَخْلُقُوا ذَرَّةً أَوْ لِيَخْلُقُوا حَبَّةً أَوْ لِيَخْلُقُوا شَعِيرَةً then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says if they want to attempt to imitate him in his act of creation then he challenged them فَلْيَخْلُقُوا ذَرَّةً then let them create a ذَرَّة many of the translators of Quran and Hadith have translated into English ذَرَّة as an atom that is the smallest known uh, thing in existence however the correct meaning of ذَرَّة it is a an ant a very small ant it is the smallest the smallest type of ant such that it is said by some of the scholars that 100 of them together would not be equal to the weight of a seed a mustard seed 100 of such ants that's how small they are and this is the correct meaning of this word dharra it means a small ant it is a living creature that Allah challenged them to create the smallest of his living creatures a dharra just create a dharra but with life as Allah created it with life like the life of that small ant 
not the form or shape of it, but actually put a life, put life into it, put a ruh into it, or a soul into it, as he challenged them in some of the hadith that are following. Or create a seed, a, a, a wheat, grain of wheat, yani something of the plant life that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created with the same characteristics of that uh, grain of wheat that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created that can reproduce its seed and it grows and comes forth from the earth and it is eaten and, and a nourishment for the human being. أو ليخلقوا شعيرةً or let him create or let them create a shair يعني a seed of barley or barley seed. In this hadith, though it is not crystal clear, in the following hadith it is crystal clear, the meaning of the statement of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, من أظلم ممن ذهب يخلق خلقي It means, who is more wrongdoer? Who is more unjust than the one who attempts to imitate or to create like I have created? It means that here in this statement is the reason or the cause for the prohibition of image making. It is the attempt that the human being makes to imitate Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the act of creation. This is the reason. This attempt to imitate Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the human being is helpless and incapable of doing so. And that's why Allah challenged them then to make such and such and so and so and a small ant or a grain of wheat or barley and so on. And this is the first of the two reasons why image making is prohibited. Because it is the absence of adab or respect with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that a creature attempts to imitate the creator in his act of creation. Sheikh Muhammad al-Qar'awi Hafizahullah, may Allah protect and preserve him in the general meaning of this hadith. He says that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has informed us in this hadith Qudsi. And by the way, the hadith Qudsi has been described or defined by various scholars with different definitions. Some of them said that hadith Qudsi is different from the hadith Nabawi. The hadith Nabawi, it is the uh, meaning is from Allah and the word is from the Prophet sallallahu And the hadith Qudsi, it means that the, uh, oh I'm sorry, that the meaning, it is from the Prophet ﷺ and the words from the Prophet and Hadith Qudsi, the meaning is from Allah and the words is from the Prophet. However, in fact, there is no difference in this point between Hadith Qudsi and Nabawi, the sacred Hadith, which are the words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala are the same as the prophetic Hadith because all of it is revelation from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The only difference, uh, the only difference is that in one of them, the Prophet ﷺ has ascribed that speech directly to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He says that in this hadith Qudsi, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has informed us upon the tongue of his Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that there is no one, men awalamu, who is more unjust or more wrongdoer. The meaning of it, it is that there is no one. It is negation. There is no one who is more of a wrongdoer than the one who attempts to imitate Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the act of creation. It is a form of inkar or rebuke to the one who attempts to do so and it is also a negation of there being anyone who is more unjust or more of a wrongdoer than the one who attempts to imitate Allah in the act of creation. He said that there is no one who is more unjust than these image makers, al-musawwirun, those who make images 
whether pictures or photographs or sculptures or otherwise, those who attempt or who intend by their image making to resemble or to be similar to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in his act of creation. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala challenged them to create the likeness of the weakest, the weakest of his creatures, of his living creatures that are seen, the weakest of the living creatures that Allah has created that we see, that we see, and that is a dharra, a very small ant. Or to create the likeness of the weakest of his plant life, of the creatures that Allah has created from plant life, and that is a grain of wheat or a grain of barley. And all of this, the Shaykh says, it is وَذَلِكَ تَعْجِيزًا لَهُمْ وَتَحْقِيرًا لِشَأْنِهِمْ Yani it is تَعْجِيزًا لَهُمْ to show their inability and incapacity. Allah challenged them to show that they are unable and they are incapable of doing so. وَتَحْقِيرًا لِشَأْنِهِمْ and to show that their matter or their affair, that which they are attempting to do their work, that it is something insignificant, that it is something يعني, that has no value, it is despicable and lowly. The Shaykh mentions one, from the fawaid of this hadith, he mentions one point, and that is the prohibition of a taswir. Yani what we under, the first benefit that we get from this hadith is that making images, it is prohibited. It is prohibited. And likewise, as some of the other scholars said, which he has not mentioned here, we also understand from this hadith that making that image making it is of the kabair it is a major sin and we can also understand from this hadith that the human being is incapable and unable to create anything no matter how insignificant it may be and that is because al khalq or creation it is of the khasais of the rububiyyah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It is of those things which are exclusive and special to Allah in terms of His Lordship or His rububiyyah. Creation along with mulk, ownership of everything and along with tadbir, controlling all of the affairs of the universe and giving life in cause and death. Death are of the special characteristics that are exclusive to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as part of His rububiyyah or Lordship. Then the Shaykh says that the relationship of this hadith to the chapter under discussion is that this hadith indicates the prohibition of image making. Yani, this chapter is entitled What Has Been Narrated Concerning a Taswir, Concerning Image Making. Therefore, this hadith, its relationship to this chapter is that this hadith shows the prohibition of making images. The relationship of this hadith to the general topic of a tawheed is that when this hadith shows the prohibition of making images, we also understand from this its relationship to Tawheed is that it is prohibited due to the fact that image making contains mushabaha li khalqillah or mudahat li khalqillah. Yani that the making of images from its characteristics or what it contains in this action, it is resemblance or imitation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the act of creation. And this imitating Allah in the act of creation or attempting to imitate Allah, it is shirk with Allah in His rububiyyah, in His Lordship. It is shirk. It is an act of shirk with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in His rububiyyah. Because khalq or creation is of the special characteristics of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's rububiyyah along with 
the possession of everything in the universe and the providing for his creatures and giving life and death and controlling all of the affairs of the universe, all of this is of the special characteristics of Allah's rububiyyah. It is exclusive to him and no one shares with him anything of it at all. And likewise, though he has not said it here, if we know that it is shirk, then we also know that it is a negation of a tawheed, totally or in part. It is a negation of tawheed totally, or is it, uh, it is a negation of the uh, perfection of a tawheed. And that depends on what the person does in the taswiyah. If he makes an image for the purpose of worshipping it, or for others to worship it, then it is shirk, which nullifies tawheed completely. However, if he makes it for some other reason, such as just to look at the picture for memories, or for such other reason that is also prohibited, then it doesn't negate Tawheed in totality, but it is a negation of the perfection of Tawheed because it is a form of shirk with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in his rububiyyah. The second hadith that Imam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahab mentions, وَلَهُمَا عَنْ عَائِشَةِ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهَا أَنَّ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ قَالُ And also it has been reported by both of them, that is Al-Bukhari and Muslim, from Aisha radiallahu anha that the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said أَشَدُّ النَّاسِ عَذَابًا يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ الَّذِينَ يُضَاهِئُونَ بِخَلْقِ اللَّهِ أَشَدُّ النَّاسِ عَذَابًا يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ The most severely punished people أَشَدَّ النَّاسِ عَذَابًا The most severely punished on Yawm Al-Qiyamah it will be those who attempt to imitate Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the act of creation الَّذِينَ يُضَاهِئُونَ بِخَلْقِ اللَّهِ Yani who attempt to imitate Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the act of creation. And in this hadith, the, the first cause for the prohibition of image making is stated clearly. That there will be some people who will be the most severely punished people on Yawm Qiyamah. And it is those who fall into mudahat li khalqillah. Yani imitation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the act of creation, which is an act of poor adab. Yani not having respect with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who is the creator and the one who gives form and shape to his creatures. He is Al-Khaliq, Al-Bari, Al-Musawwir. From the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned in the Quran, Al-Khaliq, Al-Bari, Al-Musawwir. Allah is the Musawwir. He is the one who gives form and shape or bestows form and shape to his creatures. And whoever attempts to be a Musawwir along with Allah, it is an act of shirk, depending on the intention, if they have done it to make something that they would worship or that others would worship, then it is kufr that takes the person out of Islam. And if they have done it thinking and intending that they actually can compete with Allah and create something like what he has created, it is also major shirk which takes a person out of Islam. Otherwise, it is a major sin. If it is not for these two reasons, it is a major sin that subjects a person to a severe punishment. And some of the scholars say that Ashaddu nas adaban, the most severely punished, it is in reference to those who have made images for the, these two reasons. Yani made an image to be worshipped instead of Allah, or those who, when they make their images, challenge Allah to make that they can make something similar to Him. Then this is kufr, and these are those who would be the most severely punished people on Yawm Qiyamah. Uh, the Shaykh says the general meaning of this hadith that the Prophet ﷺ informs us that those image makers, al-musawwirun, who intend in their image making to resemble or to imitate Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the act of creation, 
These are the most severely punished people on the day of resurrection. And they will be the people who will get the greatest punishment because they are the worst of people in their manners, in their adab with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They have no manners. They have no respect for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in his rububiyyah. And they are the boldest of people in falling into and engaging in that which Allah has prohibited. In that which Allah has prohibited. For this reason, they deserve the punishment that has been mentioned, jaza'an wifaqan. Yani a reward that is in agreement or in accordance with the action that they have done. Then the Shaykh mentions of the fawa'id or the benefits from this hadith, he mentions three. The first of them is at taghlid fi tahrim at taswir. Yani the severity of the prohibition of image making. And though he doesn't mention it, also we can understand from this hadith that it is of the major sins if it is not as it is in some cases even shirk not only a major sin in some cases it is actually shirk the second reason it is the illa or the cause the first illa or cause for the prohibition of taswiyah and he said the second point or the second benefit is clarification of the illa the reason or the cause for the prohibition of a taswiyah it is because the human being attempts to imitate Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in an act that is part of his divinity, his rububiyyah, yani his divine rububiyyah, that he is the only one who can create. The third point is tafawut al-azab, yani that there is a difference, there is a difference in the punishment that various people would receive. Not everyone would be punished in the hellfire the same, but there is tafawut. Some would get a more severe punishment and some a less severe punishment on Yawm Qiyamah. And that difference in the severity being more or less, it is in, in accordance with the tafawat in their dhunub, in, in accordance with the difference in their sins. Yani according to their sins, they would be punished. A fourth point which the Shaykh has not mentioned, in this hadith, there is al-wa'id al-shadid lil-musawwur, that there is a severe warning for the image maker. Uh, in the words of the Prophet ﷺ, that he would be the most severely punished person on Yawm Qiyamah. The relationship of this hadith to the topic under discussion is that this hadith indicates the prohibition of a taswir, image making, in all of its type, in general, as is clearly seen in the following hadith, or in the hadith that follow. The relationship of this hadith to uh, a tawheed, or the general topic of a tawheed, is that when this hadith prohibited at taswir it prohibits it due to the fact or because of the mushabaha nikhalqillah because of the resemblance or imitation of Allah in the act of creation and this is an act of shirk with Allah in rububiyyah here the shaykh mentions a mulahaba or a note and it is related to when the musawwir or the one who makes images would fall into kufr when is image making kufr and when is it only a major sin he said that the musawwir he is the most severely punished of the people on yawm qiyamah in the case where he has made a picture a surah for ta'abbud yani for worship he made some image whether a statue or otherwise for the purpose of worshipping it or for others to worship it. 
this is kufr and this is when he would be the most severely punished because he said he would be the most severely punished for this reason because it is kufr or when he intended by his image making al-mudahat li-khalqillah yani imitation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the act of creation because this is also kufr that one imagines or believes that they can create something like Allah's creation as in the hadith Qudsi he said ذَهَبَ يَخْلُقُ كَخَلْقِي whoever attempts to make some creation like my creation the next hadith that the imam mentions وَلَهُمَا عَنْ إِبْنِ عَبَّاسٍ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ أَنْهُمَا أَنْهُ قَالُ سَمِعْتُ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهِ وَسَلَّمَ يَقُولُ يعني here the imam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahab says وَلَهُمَا يعني that it has also been reported from the both of two of them that is Al-Bukhari and Muslim from Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhuma that he said I heard the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam saying kullu musawwir finnar that every musawwir every image making and here this expression kullu musawwir it is clear that it doesn't make a difference between the image maker who makes two dimensional or three dimensional images who makes statues with cast a shadow, a shadow or pictures that are on a piece of paper, on cloth or on a wall. He said, Kullu musawwir. Everyone who makes images, finnar, will be in the fire. Yuj'alu lahu bikulli suratin sawwaraha nafsun yu'adhabu biha fi jahannam. Yani, they will be made for him. Bikulli sura. For every image that he has made, they will be made for him a nafs, a nafs. Yani either the picture, a soul would be, life would be given to it, or a person would be made. For every picture that he made, Allah will make for him a nafs, a person, and he would be punished by that nafs in the hellfire. Yani some of the scholars said, Yuj'allahu bikulli suratin sawwaraha nafsun. It means that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would make for every image that he made, Allah would make, bring it life. He would give it a soul. Or he would make a being for every one of those pictures. For every one, however many they are, there will be an equal number of nafs that Allah would create that he would be punished by in the hellfire. The Shaykh Al-Qur'awi, Hafizahullah, says in the general meaning of this hadith that when we know that the musawwirun, the image makers, are the worst and most evil of the people in respect or in their conduct, in their adab with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and they are the boldest of people in engaging in that which Allah has prohibited, then the Prophet ﷺ informed us that every one of the image makers, every person who makes an image, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will breathe into it a ruh, a spirit on Yawm Qiyamah and then he will give to that image with that spirit he will give it power he would give that image that he has made which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will put a spirit into it he, Allah would give it power over that person and then it would punish him in the hellfire for every one of the images that he made and this would be the reward for his action for this reason, the Shaykh says, for this reason, it is upon every image maker to fear Allah Azza wa Jalla and to leave this despicable occupation 
for verily Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala فَيُعَوِّضُهُ خَيْرًا مِنْهَا Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, if he leaves it for the sake of Allah, Allah would replace it, would give him something in, in place of it that is better than it. لِأَنَّ مَنْ تَرَكَ شَيْئًا لِلَّهِ أَوَّذَهُ اللَّهِ خَيْرًا مِنْهُ Because whoever leaves something for the sake of Allah, for the pleasure of Allah, they leave it purely for the sake of Allah, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will replace it with that which is better than it. Here the Shaykh mentions four fawaid or benefits from this hadith. The first of them is the prohibition of a taswir or image making of that which possess a soul. Zawat al-arwah, that which has a ruh. The second of them is the permission or the permissibility of making images of that which does not have a ruh, does not have a soul, does not have life. The permissibility of images of that which does not have life, like a stream or a mountain or a tree and so on. Number three, al-jaza'u min jins al-amal, that the reward is in accordance with the action. Yani that the reward that Allah would give the person will be in accordance with their action. Who has done good, Allah will give them a good reward, and whoever has done evil, it will be accordingly. And the fourth point, he mentions the prohibition of the earnings of the image maker, the prohibition of his earnings. And that is because the action which is prohibited, or the work which is prohibited, then the earnings that come from it, is also prohibited. And this we understand because in that hadith the Prophet said that means that every person who has such an occupation whether he does it as his occupation or he does it on occasion he will be in the fire therefore that occupation is a prohibited occupation therefore its earnings is also prohibited. And this is similar to the authentic hadith of the Prophet in which he spoke about the Jews and their deception and their tricks in engaging in that which Allah has prohibited and he said inna Allah idha harrama ala qawmin akla shay'in akla shay'in harrama alayhim thamanahu that whenever Allah prohibits the eating he pro- whenever Allah prohibits the people eating something he also prohibits the earning or the price that they may sell that thing for if it is prohibited to eat something then it is also prohibited to sell it and what they used to do was take the fat of the animals which was prohibited for them to eat and melt it down into another form and then sell it and the Prophet ﷺ said, when Allah prohibits something to be eaten, He also prohibits taking any earnings from it. Uh, then the Shaykh says, the relationship of this hadith to the chapter under discussion is that this hadith indicates the prohibition, like, like the previous hadith, it indicates the prohibition of a taswir or image making of animate or animate beings or those things which, which possess a ruh a soul or a spirit. The relationship of this hadith to the general topic of a tawheed is that this hadith prohibits a taswir and that is because the taswir is mushabahatun li khalqillah or mudahatun li khalqillah it is resembling or imitating Allah in the act of creation and that is shirk with Allah in his rububiyyah since creation it is one of the special exclusive characteristics of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in his rububiyyah. The fourth hadith that the shaykh mentions, walahuma. by the way, this previous previous hadith I didn't mention, kullu musawwir fin nar, that hadith with that wording is not reported by Muslim. It is not, repo- not reported by Bukhari, it is reported by Muslim alone. As for the narration of Bukhari, part of it is similar but it doesn't include this statement which 
has been mentioned in Kitab al-Tawheed. Kullu musawwir fil-nar. It is not reported, that wording is not reported in al-Bukhari. It's reported in Muslim alone. Walahuma anhu. And they also have reported the two of them, that is Bukhari and Muslim, from him, that is Ibn Abbas, radiyallahu anhuma, marfu'an, marfu'an. Yani as a hadith, marfu'an, it means a hadith which is attributed to the Prophet, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He's saying, man sawwara suratan fi dunya kullifa an yanfukha fiha al-ruh wa laysa binafikh. Man sawwara suratan fi dunya. Also in this hadith, it contains words or expressions that are alfaz al-umum expressions that are general and that means they include everything men sawwara men whoever means anyone whoever he is whoever does the act of image making whoever he is without any exception men sawwara suratan and here suratan it is also general it includes any surah he didn't say what type of surah that which is three dimensional or two dimensional or the one that casts a shadow or doesn't or has a body or doesn't men sawwara suratan whoever whoever he may be who makes an image, whatever type it is, fit dunya in this world, khullifa and yanfukha fiha ar-ruh, then he will be required. It will be demanded of him to breathe into it the ruh. That image that he made, an imitation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the act of creation, on yawm al-qiyamah he will be required by Allah. If you have created like I have created, then put a ruh, that is the spirit of life, into it and make it live as the that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created lives but he would never be able to do it he would not be able to do it he would not be able to do it the shaykh says in the general meaning of this hadith that the prophet has informed us that whoever makes an image in this world of those images that possess a soul or spirit or life then Allah will require of him on yawm al to breathe into it a ruh a spirit and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows that the musawwar that the image maker in this world, the artist or the photographer or whoever he is, he is not able to do so. Allah knows he is not able to do so. But he has required of him to do this. تَعَجِيزًا وَتَوْبِيخًا لَهُ وَإِظْهَارًا لِحَقَارَتِهِ وَضَعْفِهِ yani Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has required of this of him to show his incapacity. تَعَجِيزًا To show he is incapable of doing it. To show it. وَتَوْبِيخًا To rebuke or to scorn him. For this evil action that he has engaged in, وَإِذْهَارًا لِحَقَارَتِهِ وَضَعْفِهِ And also to bring out and to display and to show his insignificance and his weakness. Here the Shaykh mentions three fawaid or benefits from this hadith. The first of them is the prohibition of image making of those images that possess the soul. The second, the permissibility or the allowance of making images of that which does not possess the soul. And the third of them, that the reward will be in accordance with one's actions. And in this case, the reward, it is an-nar, the fire. The relationship of this hadith to the, general, to the chapter under discussion is that this hadith indicates the prohibition of making images. Yani that is the hadith, its relation to this chapter, yani what has been reported concerning a taswir or the musawwireen, it is that this hadith shows the prohibition of making images of animate or living beings. The relationship of this hadith to the topic of a tawheed is that this hadith prohibits image making. And that is because in doing so the person attempts to imitate or to resemble or to be similar to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the act of creation. And this is 
an act of shirk. And as we said, it could be major shirk or minor shirk, that which takes a person completely out of Islam and nullifies their tawheed totally, or it nullifies the perfection of a tawheed if it is not done with the intention of making an image of something to be worshipped, or if it is not done with the intention, yani that the person has the intention in their mind that they actually can compete with Allah, or that they can imitate Allah or make something equal to Allah in the act of creation. The last hadith that Imam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahab mentions, Wali Muslim an Abi al-Hayyaj al-Asadi. Yani it is also reported by Imam Muslim from Abi or Abu al-Hayyaj al-Asadi, who was one of the Tabi'een, rahimahullah. أنه قال قال لي علي he said that علي meaning علي بن أبي طالب رضي الله عنه said to me قال لي he said to me ألا أبعثك على ما بعثني عليه رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم shall I not mission you or send you forth or commission you with that which the messenger of Allah has commissioned me with يعني the prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم commissioned علي with this mission he said shall I not mission you or commission you to do with to do that which the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi has commissioned me with, Allah tada'a suratan, Allah tada'a suratan. In the narration, in the original narration of this hadith in the Sahih of Imam Muslim, he has reported the hadith, Allah tada'a timthalan, timthalan, which means a statue, a timthal. It is a type of surah. A surah is general. It includes statues as well as paintings or drawings or pictures or photographs. A surah. But a timthal is a type of image, a special type, a three-dimensional image that has a body, that has shape or form that casts a shadow. A timthal is a statue. And in the original narration of Imam Muslim, he narrates the hadith like this first. Allah tada'a timthalan illa tamastaha wala qabran mushrifan do not leave any statue except that you remove it or you efface it or you blot it out destroy it nor any raised up grave a grave that is raised up above the ground beyond that which is allowed in the sharia yani beyond a shibr a hand span beyond that is prohibited that the grave should be that the dirt on the grave or anything should be placed upon it higher than that he said, not to leave any timthal except that you remove it, nor any raised grave except that you level it. And then Al-Imam Muslim, rahimahullah, said, and he has also reported from another narrator with a similar chain, the same chain, at that point the chain meets, and he, in that narration he said, and la tada'a suratan. So here Al-Imam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahab has taken the second of those two narrations with mentions, surah, which is general, more inclusive, as opposed to the first way it was narrated, Timthal, which is more specific, or a type of surah, or image. The Shaykh says in the general meaning of this hadith, every door or every way that leads to shirk, closing the ways so that there is no way open to shirk, whether it is hidden or whether it is open. Then Ali radiallahu anhu informs us that the Messenger of Allah sallallahu sent him and commanded him to remove or to efface or to erase every image that he found. 
and to destroy everything that has built, been built upon a grave. Every structure that has been built above a grave, it should be destroyed. And that is so that the Islam, that the Muslims will retain their Islam and that their aqidah will remain pure. And this is because making images and building structures above the grave, it leads to the exaltation and the sanctification of that which the image is made of or that grave above which something is built. Raising it up above its status or its station and giving it a right which is from the rights of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. Whoever, the Shaykh says after saying this, whoever travels through the Islamic lands, they will find so much of this, of that which would make the skin tremble and it will make the heart grieve. He will see graves around which people make circumambulation, tawaf. And he will see just as the people make tawaf around the sacred house, the Kaaba in Mecca. And he will see that sacrifices are made at these graves just as sacrifice is made for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And indeed this is shirk with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and it is bid'ah. It was not done by the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi nor his companions radiallahu anhum ajma'een nor the tabi'oon rahimahumullah jameean. And the shaykh says, yani this is shirk and it is also bid'ah that was and he never practiced by the Prophet ﷺ or those who followed his way. He mentions three fawa'id or benefits from this hadith. The first of them is the obligation of rejecting and refuting or speaking against any munkar or evil. Yani the Prophet ﷺ missioned Ali to go out and remove the munkar, to remove images and to remove raised graves. Number two, the prohibition of making images. And this is proven by the words of the Prophet ﷺ, and لا تدع سورة إلا تمسته. يعني, don't leave any image except that you efface it or blot it out or remove it. And number three, the prohibition of building anything above the grave, because he said, and don't leave any قبر مشرفاً, any grave that is raised up إلا سويتها, except that or سويته, except that you, يعني, level it, level it to the level of the ground. Also, from amongst the benefits which the Shaykh has not mentioned here, that we may understand from this hadith, is that it is not permissible to possess or to retain images. Because he said, don't leave any image except you remove it. So it is not permissible to retain images, nor to prop them up in the sitting places of the people, in public places, nor to hang them in our homes. It is prohibited because we should not leave any image except that it is removed. And Aisha radiallahu anha, she also reported in the Sahih al-Bukhari that the Prophet ﷺ never left, left a salib, a cross, except that he effaced it, he removed it. Because it is also of those things that are of kufr. And the other thing that we may understand from this hadith is the obligation, and this is a very important point, the obligation of destroying or removing or effacing any images that we found, as that was the mission which the Prophet ﷺ sent Ali upon and which he sent the narrator of this hadith for whoever is able to do so. Yani it is obligatory to remove them if one is able to do so. It is a munkar. Whoever can remove it by the hands, they should remove it. 
If they cannot, they should speak out against it. If they cannot, at least hate it in our heart and not allow it as though it is something that we are pleased with. The hanging of pictures or the possession of pictures, except out of necessity. Here the Shaykh mentions relationship of this hadith to the chapter under discussion is that this hadith indicates the prohibition of image making and the prohibition of possessing or keeping the images. And the relationship of this hadith to Tawheed is that pictures are prohibited because they are an imitation or an active imitation of Allah in the act of creation and this is a type of shirk. And here in this hadith also we see the second illa or the second cause for the prohibition of images it is because it is of the wasail of shirk. It is of those means or things that lead to shirk. And this is understood from the joining between these two matters that the Prophet ﷺ sent Ali with, not to leave any picture except he removed it, nor to leave any grave that is raised except that he leveled it. And those graves which are raised, they are done so, so that they would stand out, and that they would be given attention, and that eventually leads to the worship of those graves or, the, or those who are in those graves. And combining this with the removal of pictures is an indication that images are also a means to shirk. That images are also a means to shirk. And this is the second reason for the prohibition of images. It is that they lead to, not in every case, but in many cases, they lead to shirk. And that is what happened to the people of Nuh, salam. And that was the first time when shirk spread in the earth. It was making images of those five righteous men who they put those images up in their sitting place to remind them of the good deeds that they did so that they would follow them. And eventually after the people forgot why those images were made, then shaitan came to them and whispered to them and told them that your ancestors used to worship these pictures, these images. They used to worship them. And you should also worship them. And then the people began to worship them. The relationship of... Uh, I mean, the, here the shaykh make, mentions uh, a note also that what is prohibited of images is that which possess a ruh, a spirit, or a soul. And that which is not degraded. Yani that which is not used in a degrading manner. And that which it remains in the form in which life would remain in it. If it was a living creature. Meaning, he said three things here. That that which is prohibited is the image of that which possesses a soul or a spirit or life. It is prohibited. And that which is not degraded. If it is degraded, the majority of scholars allowed it. Such as the image that is in a rug that people walk on. It is degraded. The majority of scholars allowed it while the minority prohibited. And that which it re- retains its form, which it would be, it would have life if it was a living creature. That means that the head has not been removed. As in some of the hadith, the Prophet ﷺ, he said, As-suratu ar-ra's. Ya rahmakullah. As-suratu ar-ra's. That the image, it is the head. Yani the thing that is prohibited in an image, it is the head. فَإِذَا قُطِعَ الرَّسْ فَلَا سُورَةَ So if the head is removed, then it is no longer an image. Meaning, it is no longer an image that is prohibited. That which makes it prohibited is the, the existence or the presence of the head. فَإِذَا قُطِعَ الرَّسْ If the head is removed, فَلَا سورة. Then it is not, it is no longer an, a prohibited image. Therefore, if it remains in the form, that it would be living. If it was a living creature, that means the head is still there, it is prohibited. Otherwise, if the head is removed, then it is allowed.
And he said that this is the ruling, that this is the type of image that is prohibited, no matter if it is a three-dimensional image that has shape or form and casts a shadow, or that which casts no shadow, any two-dimensional images such as drawings or sketches or paintings and so on. Uh, the Messiah, has that has been called? The Messiah at the end of the chapter that have been mentioned by Imam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahhab are seven. And the explanation of these Messiah by Sheikh Muhammad ibn Salih ibn Uthaymeen, rahimahullah, in summary, is as follows. The first issue, At-Taghlid al-Shadid fil-Musawwireen. Yani, the severe warning against the image makers. And this is understood from the saying, Ashaddun nas adhaban, that the most severely punished people on Yawm Qiyamah will be the image makers. The second point, yani bringing to our attention the illa, the cause or the reason why images are prohibited, and that is here, tark al-adab ma'allah, yani that the person has abandoned al-adab, respect with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, having proper conduct and behavior in their relationship with the creator when they attempt to imitate him in the act of creation. And this is based on the saying of the Prophet ﷺ that he reported from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the hadith Qudsi وَمَنْ أَظَلَمُ مِنْ مَنْ ذَهَبَ يَخْلُقُ خَخَلْقِ Then who is more unjust or a wrongdoer than the one who attempts to create like my creation? Uh, the third issue التَّنْبِيهِ عَلَى قُدْرَتِهِ وَعَجْزِهِ عَجْزِهِمْ يعني bringing to our attention the power of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and His ability to do whatever He wills and the inability of the creatures. And this is based on the saying of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi Or the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the hadith Qudsi. Yani if whoever attempts to do so, to make a creation like his creation, Then they are ordered to make a dharra, a small ant that has life as the ant that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created has life. This shows the ability of Allah and the inability of the creatures even to create the smallest living thing and the most insignificant thing that Allah has created أو شعيرة وحبة يعني a grain of barley or a grain of wheat. And here Shaykh Muhammad bin Salih Uthaymeen says because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created greater than that. He has created things greater than an ant or a, or a seed of barley or wheat. And they are incapable of even creating such a small thing. This shows Allah's ability and their inability. The fourth issue is a clear statement that they would be the most severely punished on Yawm Qiyamah. Yani from the previous hadith, Ashaddun Nas Adab on Yawm Qiyamah. That they would be the most severely punished people. And again we said that this is in reference to those who make images of the type that is a form of kufr. Yani the one who makes an image that is to be worshipped by them or by others or the one in making his image who thinks that he is actually competing with Allah or resembling Allah in the act of creation, then these two are kufr. And this is the one who is the most severely punished on Yawm Qiyamah. The fifth issue is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will create a number of nafs and fus, yani a number of uh, creatures or persons equal to the number of images that the image maker has made and he will punish the image maker in the hellfire with those nafs 
that he creates for every image that they have made. Uh, Naam. The sixth issue is that the image maker will be required to breathe into their image on Yawm Qiyamah. They will be required to breathe into the image of Ruh, yani the spirit of life. And of course they will be unable to do so. Uh, and this is a type, Shaykh Muhammad says, Rahimahullah, this is a type, هذا نوع من التعذيب من الشق والعقوبات يعني when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala orders them to put life into it and they will be unable to do it, that will be a punishment for them on Yawm Qiyamah in addition to the other punishment. Number seven, the last point, Al-Amr بتمسيها إذا وجدت يعني the order to efface or to blot out or to remove those images if they are found, wherever they are found. This is the end of the Messiah and the questions at the end of the... I don't have a... The questions at the end of the handout, the first of them discuss the meaning and intent of the words, then let him create a dharra or let him create a habba. Yani the meaning and the intent of these words, the meaning of it is let him create even a small ant, the smallest living creature that Allah has created. Or let him create a habba, a seed, yani the smallest type of creature that Allah has created of plant life. That is the meaning of it. And the intent of it is to show the inability of those who put themselves on a platform where they try to resemble or imitate Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the act of creation which is from that which is exclusive to him of his rububiyyah. What is the meaning of yudahi'una? Yudahi'una. The meaning of this expression, يعني, it means that it is those who try to resemble Allah or they try to imitate Allah by making an image whether it is a drawing with paint or chalk or pencil or sketch or sculpture or photograph whoever attempts to make an image that is similar to or equal to or better than what Allah has created and they could never do so this is the meaning of yudahiuna bi khalqillah that they attempt to make an image equal to that which Allah has created in reality what can be understood from the underlying words? Whoever made a surah, man thawwara suratan. Whoever made a surah in this world will be required to breathe into it ar-ruh, the spirit of life. But he will not be able to do so. Whoever, what is understood from this? It means that anyone who makes such an image, that they are included in this. Whoever makes Ahmed, give us those books. Whoever makes an image, whoever it may be, then they are included in this. And any type of image that is made is included in this that that person will be required to, to breathe into the spirit of life and they would not be able to do so. Uh, number four, why will Allah require him to breathe into it? Ar-ruh. Allah will require them to breathe into it because in this world they have made an image of something that is like the creation of Allah which he has put a spirit into. Therefore he will tell them complete what you have done in your imitation and your, and your attempt to imitate me, complete it by putting into it that which I have put into that which I have created, that is ar-ruh, to show their inability to do so, and to rebuke them, and to belittle them. Number five, why did the Prophet ﷺ order the effacing of images and the leveling of raised graves? Because the effacing of images, which is 
the effacing of images is, is because those images, they are a form of imitation. They are the result of somebody's imitation uh, to do something similar to what Allah has done in the act of creation. And therefore, it is prohibited. Therefore, they should be removed. It is a munkar. And every type of evil should be removed if anyone has the ability to do so. And he has ordered the leveling of raised graves because the raising of graves is one of the things that led to the worship of those who are in the graves or shirk. Therefore, it should be leveled. Discuss the ruling concerning a taswir, making images, and al-iqtina, possession of images, and the musawr. Yani in brief, and this is a discussion that requires uh, yani time, but the ruling concerning a taswir, making images, is that it is prohibited. In general, it is prohibited, uh, those images of that which has life. And it is also a major sin, and if it is made with the intention that that image should be worshipped, or having the intention to imitate Allah in the act of creation, that the person is actually feeling or believing that they can imitate Allah, then it is shirk that takes a person out of Islam and nullifies their tawheed. The ruling concerning iqtina or possession of images is that it's prohibited. And the proof of it is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, or the Prophet said in another hadith, that the angels do not enter a house in which there are images. The angels do not enter a house in which there are images, therefore it is prohibited to keep them in one's possession. And also the hadith of Abu al-Hayyaj, in which he said that Ali radiallahu anhu said to him that the Prophet sent him on a mission to remove any image that he found. Therefore it is not allowed to possess them, except for necessity, except in case of necessity. Like the person who has an image on the money that he needs to, in order to live in the society, he is forced to do it against his will, or the one who has to have a passport or a driver's license who is forced to do so against his will while he is not pleased with it then this is the exception to the possession of images. And as for the musawwir, the ruling concerning the musawwir is that his act, actually it is a major sin for which he is subjecting himself to severe punishment and entering the hellfire, and it is kuf which nullifies Islam if it is done for the two reasons mentioned previously. What type of image is intended by the prohibition in these ahadith? It is the image, surah, or a surah, Zawat al-arwah, the images or the Im- the images that possess a soul or possess a spirit. That is, images of living creatures. That includes animals, birds, fish, humans. All of this is included. These are things that are not allowed to make images of. What is the reason for the severity of the pu- punishment of the image maker? The reason for the severity of it is due to the severity. The severity of the punishment is in accordance with the severity of the act. The act of making an image of something to be worshipped instead of Allah. Or the act of attempting to imitate Allah, which shows the absence of al-adab, or respect with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What is the relationship of this chapter to the subject of a tawheed? It is that taswir or image making, it is a nullification of the perfection of one's tawheed. In general, and it might be a nullification of a tawheed totally and one's iman totally if it is done for the two reasons mentioned above, that is, for the purpose of worship or with the intention in one's heart that they can imitate or make something equal to what Allah has created. And mention some of the rulings, the benefits, that is that which we have mentioned under each hadith. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika, ashadu an la ilaha illa anta astaghfiruka wa tubu ilayk. If there are any questions or comments, quickly. Uh, what's the ruling regarding disposing of stuffed toys? Do I need to give these toys 
images to my non-Muslim neighbors, please explain. Yani, toys, stuffed toys, I assume that what is meant by that is a type of doll or something or an animal that's stuffed. Those images are prohibited and they are the worst of images, that is three-dimensional images. They are the worst of them, the most severe of them, because those images are the images that there's ijma' about their prohibition. Whereas the two-dimensional images, that is a picture or a photograph, there's some difference of opinion about it, while the majority hold that it is also haram and that is the correct opinion. Therefore, those images should be destroyed. The Prophet ﷺ said, if you find any image, he said, don't leave any image, لا تضع صورة إلا تمستها, except that you remove it, that you destroy it, that you efface it. That means those images should not be given to somebody else, even if they are non-Muslims, but it is better that they should be destroyed, because they are something that is disliked by Allah, and every munkar, it should be removed from existence. It shouldn't be left for somebody else to uh, fall into sin by possessing it or using it or being misled by it if it led to any, an act of shirk. Naam. Fadl. Just draw the shape, yani the outline. Allahu alam. But it is better to avoid it. In any case, the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ that Shaykh al-Albani has mentioned uh, in Jamia al-Saghir, in Sahih Jamia al-Saghir, that the Prophet ﷺ said, al-Ras, that the image it is the head. The, the head is that which makes it prohibited. So if the head is not there, it is okay. If the head is there, then it is not allowed. إِذَا قُطِعَ ras, فَلَا sura. If the head is cut off, and it doesn't mean drawing a line across the neck of the picture. It means removing the head, removing it. So whoever draws the outline of it, then they are in a doubtful matter at least. And Allah knows best, it is better to avoid it. Teaching and studying of life science, like biology, Nam. 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 No. They are using it in their education system. No. It is haram. It is haram. And it is haram to make images of living beings unless you remove the head. It is haram. There is no doubt about it and there is no question about it. And the scholars of Islam and the people of knowledge in Islam, before there were images, before there were pictures or photographs or drawings, they were the ones who led the science in the whole world. And the Europeans learned it from them and they didn't have pictures of human beings. And they taught every type of science, including biology, astronomy, and everything else, without these images. Therefore, there's no real need for it. We are only falling victim to the whispering of shaitan when we imagine that people cannot have science, they cannot advance in science, while the Muslims were the most advanced in science without these pictures, without these images, before the Kafirs learned it from them. We are deceiving ourselves when we imagine that we have to have these pictures of human beings in order to be advanced, like the Kafirs. Actually, the Kafirs got advanced by following the Muslims, while the Muslims were on that which is right. And then the Muslims want to follow the Kafirs and that which is wrong, and Allah knows best. How about having a book of anatomy and physiology for the purpose of learning or studying like medicine? And I think the question is clear already. I have answered this question. Um, in any case, I will say that some of the scholars have allowed the possession of a book uh, a scientific book or a, some beneficial book which the person does not possess for yani they do not have a desire in that image they haven't purchased it for that reason but they purchase it for the knowledge that it contains 
Some of the scholars have allowed it. Wallahu alam. But the stronger opinion, and Allah knows best, is that it's not allowed, even in that case. But they should efface those images. The images that are contained in those books. That is the best thing to do. Because the Prophet ﷺ said, إِنَّ الْمَلَائِكَ لَا تَدْخُلُوا بَيْتًا فِيهِ سُورًا and the angels would not enter a house in which there is image. And that is inclusive of those who intend that image to be there and those who don't intend. And the proof of it is that the Prophet ﷺ had an appointment with the angel Jibreel السلام, and he didn't come to him. And when the Prophet ﷺ complained and asked about why you didn't come, the angel Jibreel said that we, the Malaika, we don't enter houses in which there are images. The Prophet ﷺ didn't know it was there. But yet still he refused to enter. Then he told him to remove it. And then he entered. So it proves that the possession of images, whether it is known or unknown, whether it is intentionally or unintentionally, it, present, it prevents the entry of the angels. And where the angels do not enter, the shayateen will indeed enter. And Allahumma musta'an. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika. Ashadu an la ilaha illa anta astaghfiruka wa atubu ilayhi. I just want to say in closing that there is a small essay of Shaykh Abdulaziz ibn Baz, rahimahullah, which is taken from the book which I mentioned, The Islamic Legal Ruling Concerning a Taswir, which is a big book, and it might be still available in some places in England or America. However, there's a small essay of Sheikh Abdulaziz bin Baz, Al-Qawl Al-Mufid, Fi Hukm Al-Taswir, The Beneficial Response, or Jawab Al-Mufid, The Beneficial Response in Concerning a Taswir, and whoever would like to take a copy of it, it hasn't been published in print, but it is available if somebody would like to take a copy of it, inshallah, after we return from Salat, you may take.